Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are looking at Acts chapter 27. I'm very excited about my guest today. My guest today is Pastor Jeff Olson from Catalyst Covenant Church in Minnesota. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Acts 27. There's a, It's a longer chapter and there's a lot that happens here. A lot is covered, kind of three or four major moving sections. We're towards the end of Acts. And I think it's always helpful when you look at the book of Acts to think of it actually happens over decades. And so a lot of times we'll look at it and be like, well, why isn't my life this exciting? Mm. And, and actually it is over your whole lifetime. And so we'll, we'll often see God move, uh, you know, in a particular moment in our year, but this is the highlight reel. And so naturally it's going to feel pretty exciting. And so sometimes it's, it's helpful to realize this is a whole a whole timeline of, of, of years and decades where uh, that's being recorded and to keep that in mind as you go through the book. That's such a good point because there are lines where it says, and he was, and he was there for two years and it's a line and it would be really easy to just glaze right over that and miss it. Some, some days, even an acts are just Tuesdays and nothing yeah. exciting happens. <laughs> and that's good uh, because God's still faithful even in those days. And, and just because you're seeing a highlight reel doesn't mean you know, God isn't moving or uh, is, is absent in our lives, even in slower moments or times. That, that's a good word that he's with us, even in the monotonous of the day to day. Yep, absolutely. So what has what stood out to you in Acts chapter 27? Yeah, uh, a lot. Um, I, I want to make sure we stay in a loose time frame. Uh, and I think one of the, a few things I served a church out east. And so serving a church out east before being here in Minnesota uh, for about seven years, sailboats were pretty normal, a normal thing in my world. And so I've been out in the water on a small craft when a minor storm comes up. And in our text, as we see today, it's not minor and it's a larger boat than I was on, but uh, it's a scary thing, even in the, the modern era to be, to be on a boat, you know, when a storm comes up. And so uh, what I so appreciate about this particular chapter, you know, it's so full of detail of names of ports, of locations. I mean, that's partly how Luke writes. So Luke acts, these are almost like volume one and volume Mm -hmm. two. A lot of commentaries you look at them will actually glue these two books together. And we can tell it's it's Luke because uh, it shifts actually to this we language during uh, the text. And so this is a firsthand account. This isn't kind of a, a form necessarily of just kind of pretending like someone is there. This is actually written from someone who's experiencing this. And it's written with such precision in the way that Luke writes. You know, often when we look at authorship of a book, we'll look at vocab and sentence structure. And there's so much commonality in writing style between Luke and Acts that it's, it's just one more way we can understand how, how Luke authored this book. And he's giving us this firsthand, very detailed perspective. Yeah, that was one of the things that stuck out to me. He would talk about a ship and then where its port was and then where it was going. I thought that was really interesting. Or that... In verse 37, it says, all 276 of us who were on board. <laughs> yeah. It's very detailed. And it's been really fun because we did Luke before we did Acts to to feel like, oh, I, I feel like I'm really getting to know Luke because of his style of writing and how detailed he is. And even though in the gospel of Luke, he's interviewing people and he's and he's almost like a like a research paper kind of is how it felt. And the difference mm-hmm. now of. No, when Paul and I were on a ship, that ship wrecked. <laughs> this is what happened to us. Well, when you think of the original audience, you know, who's, who's reading Acts, and these are towns, towns and ports they know firsthand. And, and one of the ways we know, again, why the Bible is a, a document that's trustworthy, that's believable, 
uh, is there's such level of detail uh, that that's in a lot of these accounts, right? And there's even even details that's dis it's disadvantageous <laughs> to mention these. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna lie, these, you know, why do I lie? There's better ways to lie or, or make up a storyline. And so I think this detail again for a first century world that would have read this text first, um, this this is really helpful and helps put it in their context and, and makes it a very story that's very grounded in their world. One of the questions on our study guide was. To put your, you know, think about what Paul is going through, thinking about what what is he feeling during the storm on the ship, and at one point, an angel of God appears to him and says, "You know what, everybody, everyone's going to make it through this, so don't worry, you're you will appear before Caesar." But it's interesting, like, I, I mean, it does make me wonder what he was going through because, like, this is not the first time where his life has been in danger. Yeah, I mean, there's. You know, it's pretty fascinating, I think, is is don't fear is a really common statement throughout scripture. You know, anytime an angel appears, almost always it's followed by, hey, don't fear. You know, you think yeah. of <laughs> think of the account with, you know, we just Christmas isn't too far back in the rearview mirror. And you know, the angelic visits often would would promote kind of this fear. And and so there'd be this reminder as they appear, hey, don't fear. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes we like to forget that the authors of the New Testament are human. And, and fear isn't a sin. It's a, it's a emotion many of us feel. It's what are you going to do with that fear, right? And so courage is in the absence of fear. Courage is often determining, well, even in the midst of fear, what am I going to do? Yeah, I'm and going I, to do it and anyway think, while, I'm af- while I'm afraid. I'm going to do it anyway. Absolutely. And, you know, you think about Paul's resolve here. You have Paul intentionally knowing, you know, by, by kind of requesting this audience with Caesar and in Rome there's a lot greater risk potential of death, but at the same time, he knows, well, now all these important officials are going to actually hear firsthand about Jesus. And uh, it's costly. And I think it's a, it's a helpful reminder that sometimes, you know, Christianity is, is beautiful, it's true, but also in a good way, uh, it should be costly at times, that we should be willing to invest for the kingdom, even if it means putting some of, you know, we, we probably won't be in this position, right, mm-hmm. Where, of Paul, but are, are we willing to, to say, you know what? The gospel is so important going forth. It might cost me something, and that's okay, and that's good. Yeah, that's something that we've talked about a little bit along the way, that the view that we have of suffering today versus what the view of suffering may have been in in this Middle Eastern context, yep. that it, you know, when we, when we suffer, we think, oh, something must be wrong, and something needs to be fixed versus, you know, James, consider it all joy when you suffer, which is hard yeah. to do, I give you, in the midst of suffering. But all of the good that comes out of it, that, you know, we see back in, I think it was chapter 20, when Paul was heading to Jerusalem, that he he's bound by the Holy Spirit to go. He doesn't know what awaits him, but he's going to be obedient, even though mm-hmm. there might be fear. He doesn't know what was going to happen, but he's going to go anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I literally had that, you know, I kind of have a notes thing here. I'm like, oh, make sure to mention this. And, and I had something, you know, what is happening around you isn't an always accurate barometer of God's love for you. Mm. Will you say that again? Yeah, what, what is happening around you isn't always an accurate barometer of God's love for you. And so we, we tend to be kind of, um, I, I think it's almost this concept of karma that's kind of been attempted to be glued into Christianity, that if everything's going to always go up into the right. And um, sometimes that happens. But often, as I look at the story of a lot of the authors of the New Testament of Jesus himself and his earthly experience, you know, just because he suffered, didn't, that wasn't, you know, a result of God not, not loving him at all. It's just the reality is in heaven yet. And there's other principalities and forces at play. 
uh, especially in the New Testament we, we read. And so that's, I think it's really helpful to, to realize, you know, when I'm going through something difficult, this isn't a reflection of God's love or not or lack thereof at all. Um, and I need to, I need to in, instead be discerning of, of realizing uh, that, that it isn't heaven yet. Yeah. And yes. And I would tack on to that, that it doesn't mean that God is far away. That yeah. in our suffering, I think if we're, if we're aware, if we open our eyes and look for him, that we'll see that he, you know, I like to think he draws even a little closer. I don't know if that's theologically sound, but he's at least he is with us. Even when it doesn't feel true, it is true. And sometimes it's just helpful to remind yourself, I'm suffering. God feels very far away, but no, he is with me. He is with me. Even if it doesn't feel true, it is true. Yeah, God's close to the brokenhearted, right? And, you know, there's text right there. And, I, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, God, God's not anti-happy, right? Not in the least, but God's more interested in our holiness than our happiness. And who we're becoming, you know, there's this great Dallas Willard quote, I'll paraphrase, but, you know, who we're becoming is all we take into eternity. Mm, and so God's really interested in our character development for our own good, for the people around us in our neighborhoods and our schools and our jobs. Uh, because really that at the end of the day, right. And into eternity, the only thing I bring is, is, is who I am and my character and then, you know, have and meet God. And so, uh, Christianity certainly, you know, involves joy and happiness, but, but holiness is such a, a more fulfilling, uh, beautiful aspect of, uh, our journey in faith and just kind of merely uh, substituting happiness, as it were. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, well, you know, if, if I'm not having a, a good day, something must be wrong. Yeah. And holiness, at least in my experience, has usually come through. I mean, that's why refiners fire, you know, the mm-hmm. heat, the suffering. That's usually when those kinds of character building lessons have come is when there have yep. been periods of deep suffering. Yeah, there's, there's some other interesting, you know, things maybe in, in the text to kind of look at really briefly. I was thinking about, you know, sometimes there's these characters in the Bible that get like a mention here or there, you know, like, who are these random folks? And, you know, one of those random folks, Aristarchus is mentioned, he comes up a few other times in scripture, Colossians, Philemon, and he's this mutual ministry, deep friend and partner of Paul's. And we don't really realize uh, how important that is, but but a couple of things. I think we often think of Paul as kind of this lone ranger, and he's not. He has companions, and he has fellow ministers of the gospel, and they're mentioned often and in different books. There, there's a tendency, I think, in American Christianity to kind of be like, it's just me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I read the New Testament, community is so vital for growth, for hanging in there in difficult times. And, and you know, there's an epidemic, not only of a pandemic we're in, but of loneliness, Yep. And, and when you read texts like this, you say, you know, different commentators argue on this, but a lot of people think actually in order for him to accompany Paul on this voyage or Stockus, he actually had to be listed as Paul's slave. That's the only way he would have been gained passage onto the boat. And so his desire to be with his friend is so strong. He's willing to serve his friend in that capacity officially in terms of kind of a Roman log as it were on a boat. I thought about that with Luke. How is Luke there? Is Luke also a prisoner? Maybe it's that he's also listed as a slave of Paul's. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it, some of that stuff falls into the, the fun land of speculation. We may never know the side of heaven, mm-hmm. but I, at the very least, we're reminded of the value and the absolute necessity of Christian community. And I would say deep Christian community. You know, one of the things that I, it's been interesting in the last year and a half, we have a video, we, we do video like now everyone else, we instantly became televangelists overnight. <laughs> There's opportunity there in reaching people that you've never reached before and, and keeping people healthy or if they're traveling or shut in. The challenge is, is, 
video connection, in my opinion, is a often a thinner veneer of real community. It's often a great starter place, entry door, but being in the boat mm-hmm, <laughs> with mm-hmm. someone is just such a deep, powerful thing that I think our our society deep we need that level of community. Yeah. In order to see this level of kind of gospel go forth, I think you need that level of community to go forth. Well, and to keep going, to keep doing mm-hmm. the next thing, you need the community yep. of people around you to keep encouraging you and to have, like you were talking about, not just community, but deep community where you're really doing life together. Even if it's, you know, like we see in this text where Paul pulls into a port and they let him get off the ship so that his friends there can attend to his needs. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, one other maybe final reflection on the text that I was interesting, you know, there's Paul kind of challenges the direction of the ship captain and Roman official on the text saying, hey, I think we should stay back. And they decide to push forward. Again, there's all sorts of commentaries that debate like what, what's going on fully here. We have a little bit of information in the text. But what's interesting is, is they don't listen to Paul. And yet Paul still saves their necks later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's this powerful reminder, you know, day of atonement, it's getting, you know, getting into fall and fall in the Mediterranean is when it's rougher water. And it's just, there's going to be plenty of people in our life who don't listen to you, maybe even don't care about them. But what's really powerful is when we care about them back anyway. Mm-hmm. And when we love them anyway, even when they maybe don't listen to us or don't take our vantage point. And, and that's a powerful testimony uh, of of Jesus, that uh, especially in our day, you know, when someone doesn't agree with us, we typically tend to alienate or demonize. Here, he serves them anyway and literally saves their life later on. And that's powerful. And that's a great example of what it looks like to love your neighbor. I mean, I think mm. that's what Jesus is referring to. Even, even when they disagree, even when yeah. they actually maybe go against you, loving them anyway, serving them anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. I, I, this was such a great conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us for Acts chapter 27. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for Acts chapter 28. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, Consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.